All aboard the CMO Convo train. Next stop, big chats about marketing. And for all you CMOs in the e-commerce space, or even if you're just curious about it, this one's not to be missed as we're speaking to Preeti Ann Kochiman, head of marketing for Argoid, on how AI is taking e-commerce to the next level. We cover personalized shopping experiences, multi-platform buyer journeys, smart inventory stocking, and more. So keep those ears open for all that goodness. Hi, Preeti. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today? Hi, Will. I'm doing well. Thank you. Well, th thank you for joining us today as well, because it's a subject that I'm very interested to explore. We've we've talked about e-commerce a bit on this show, but talking about it with AI applications is something that's very new to me. And I think it's going to be quite new to quite a lot of our audience as well. So exciting times. But before we do get into that, Preeti, maybe you could tell us a bit about yourself and your role at Argoid. Tell us a bit about why we're speaking to you today. Sure. So, um, hi, Will. I'm glad uh, to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I currently head marketing for Argoid. Argoid is a um, search and personalization uh, uh, recommendation engine, and uh, we have we offer personalization to e-commerce and OTT, and uh, all of that personalization is AI driven. And uh, yes, that's why. I'm here and that's why I'm talking about AI and e-commerce. <laughs> so before we do get started on talking about the, the AI applications of e-commerce, let's, let's talk a bit about what e-commerce looks like right now, because went through a big, big growth during the pandemic. Is it still like yes. that now? Are we still living in that times of wonderful, glorious times for e-commerce or is it a bit different now that we're moving into a, a post-pandemic world, so to speak? Yes, I think there have been, I, I think uh, it has been unexpected. I think that growth uh, was expected to sustain for a long time. And I think that's where uh, maybe certain estimates and certain expectations just, uh, you know, sort of changed. And uh, we know that, you know, a lot of people uh, preferred to go out and shop in brick and mortar stores. So e-commerce actually, instead of uh, continuing on that, uh, you know, spike, uh, it, it dipped and I think in, in a lot of regions around the world that's what's happened and also I think recently there was this uh, whole layoff uh, from Shopify Shopify which is one of those uh, one of the biggest plat e-commerce platforms so that sort of tells us that there were some you know uh, gaps in estimations and expectations that have changed now in the post-pandemic world and uh, yeah, so so it, it is a little bit more challenging. But despite those challenges, despite the drop in like numbers and predictions mm -hmm. of growth, customer expectations are still going to be very high. We, we've come to expect a certain standard when it comes to e-commerce. We expect very speedy delivery. We expect our shopping basket, baskets to be shared across multiple yes. platforms. Like it's, it, that's yes. something that's going to keep continuing even in a post-pandemic world, that kind of high expectations for e-commerce, surely. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I think, and I think uh, e-commerce currently has a really tricky job of, you know, keeping all its customers happy all of the time, uh, because oh, wherever you are, whatever channel you're on, you expect that, uh, the, you know, the, the brand or the retailer knows you and gets you and, uh, you know, and, and is offering the kind of customer service and all, all of the services that they can uh, offer. Uh, but offering it, you know, in an omni-channel, uh, with an omni-channel experience. So whether you're doing it online or whether you're in a store, uh, all of the expectations are still there. So yes, I think uh, the customer still wants what they want. And I think that's where 
e-commerce has to maintain that balance between what works uh, versus what does the customer want and what's the what's the ideal way to bring these experiences together because uh, there are certain things that e-commerce or let's say online retailing uh, you know that that there are huge advantages in and then there are then there's the whole feel of it which people want in a brick and mortar store so there it, it's those those things that um, any retailer or brand uh, is sort of trying to stride these two worlds and bring a balance there so yeah I, I think that's where the challenge lies I think personalization has got to be one of the mm -hmm. biggest challenges mm -hmm. uh, for sure like we, we've moved beyond the whole world of people being impressed by Amazon recommending just like these are products that people bought this product like kind of thing we expect a bit more from e-commerce yes. now like and it's kind of sims what you're saying people want that feel from brick and mortar they want to kind of have that human touch even though it's an e-commerce yeah. thing like, yeah 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 so um with that in mind how does ai offer a solution to these challenges is it just making us do things better and quicker or is there certain things ai can do that just that human touch or even just standard automate automation can't do uh yes absolutely i think ai has now sort of permeated every sort of com component of e-commerce. Maybe it's not as advanced as it will be uh, a, a few years from now, but I think there is an AI solution to almost every aspect of managing a store uh, online, uh, whether it be from, you know, helping to increase conversions or whether it be, you know, store management itself or inventory or merchandising, all of that have AI aspects to them. So I, I think that when it comes to personalization, uh, personalization itself is 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 something that is uh, that AI can do way better than uh, you know than any other solution because there there were times there are times and um, I know this from my experience uh, when I was at Amazon and uh, I used to do something called site merchandising and I know at that time all of the site merchandising that happened was you know the site merchandisers ideas and thoughts that then find themselves uh, on the page and it was it, it wasn't difficult to do from a you know an execution point of view but to have to think about what would uh, you know what what would your audience like and what could they what might they potentially be interested in and also sort of considering the entire uh, audience as one homogeneous mass you might be able to segment them but then at even then they are like a mass of people. But what AI has been able to do is to, uh, to make it a store for one person. So you can actually, whatever you see on your store is just meant for you. And it's just you who are seeing it. And you know, even if there's someone else next to you sitting and browsing the same site, um, they see something totally different. Well, I was going to say that, that that's something that you can't even achieve that level of personalization in brick and mortar yes. unless you're yes. unless you're very very wealthy and going with like personal shoppers and stuff like that. Having a, a store that's pretty much designed specifically for you that is an advantage of e-commerce over brick and mortar. That or you know, like you said, you're very rich, or you have like this small little neighborhood corner store that you run out to, and then everybody knows everybody else, hmm. and then then you get that that kind of that level of personalization maybe um if they like you um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh I, I think yes and then that's where that's the whole that's the scale of it that's the you know how ai is able to 
uh, deliver at that that kind of scale because you know thousands of customers thousands of visits thousands of orders and and uh, products so when it comes to products you know for store owners you have a lot of products you're getting new products uh, you know every day your your number of SKUs on your website are increasing uh, how do you make sure that people are discovering that so that's again where you know AI again the role in product discovery, because um, when you think about AI and when you think about data, there isn't enough data about the product. Um, and if it's a new user, there isn't enough data about the new user. So, you know, how do you sort of match them? Uh, and that's that, that's where AI, you know, there are, there are a whole lot of ways in which AI can work to uh, even look at what is called the cold start problem and uh, yeah and then and, and match people or match individuals to products and uh, whatever it is that they want and are interested in and, and it's also about being able to reach them on the platform they need to be reached on as well like it's mm -hmm. e-commerce isn't just about people sitting on the laptops or sitting on the computers and doing doing their yeah. orders and stuff now like it's it's a multi-platform multi-device experience people might start browsing Absolutely. on TikTok or Instagram, and then they might switch right. their computer to make the final orders and being able to mm -hmm. keep track of all those orders, being able to have that shopping basket moving across all these different platforms. That's going to be, be a lot easier to manage using AI than using any other kind of, well, using humans to try and keep track of that, for sure. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, before, because you mentioned like this offsite kind of thing, which is, you know, away from the website um, and sort of bringing them back into uh, bringing them back to that retailer or to that brand. Um, I think it, it's also, uh, you know, we, we have been or at least I have been hearing a lot about AI in email. And uh, this is, again, one sort of application where uh, you know, you you know that someone's abandoned their card, or maybe they've they've purchased, and then there is an opportunity to bring them back. And uh, and using a personalized email, which is again something that AI can do, and you know you couldn't imagine doing that manually. You know, curating products for every individual that bought or has an abandoned card, uh, but AI can do that easily because they you can just look at what you know, what are the, what are the products that um, the customer might've been interested in? What have they abandoned? And uh, just send them an email with very personalized products or personalized offers even, and, and then bring them back. So yeah, so customer retention, uh, yeah, that, that, you know, AI is, is able to play a role there as well. And, and I suppose as well, they'll be able to be proactive about it as well. You'll be able to get great mm -hmm. models to see where people are dropping off, why people are dropping off, and be able to counter yeah. them proactively rather than just sitting around and trying to fix the problem after it's occurred. Yes, I think. Uh, and and I think, and, and also, of course, there is there's a lot of data that says it's better to, uh, you know, you, you can, you earn more from customers that you retain from your existing customers than, you know, you're trying to acquire new customers. So, um, obviously, there is a cost attached to acquiring new customers. But then, if if your existing customers, if you can, you know, make sure that they stay, and they come back and they continue to purchase from you, and then they're loyal to you because you have this level of understanding of them and are able to offer, you know, this whole bunch of personalization, which which feels to them as if uh, we know them. Then, uh, yeah, then that 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 just changes the game because uh, it, it's not just about uh, you know your 
calling you by your first name in the email or <laughs> just addressing you or just showing you something that you uh, that you just recently bought uh, you know that it's not just that it, it needs to go beyond that and that's something that you could do manually but uh, you know, AI can AI can just take that up several notches. It allows you to scale it in a lot more effective way. Like otherwise, yes. you'd need a team of hundreds of people responding to every single um, every single requ- request, every single inquiry. And and speaking of that, customer experience, customer service, it's got to be a big thing for AI. You see a lot yes. of AI driven chatbots and stuff like that these days, especially on Amazon. And then there's got to be stuff in the the back end as well. Sort of, um, you mentioned inventory earlier um i imagine you can create sort of like predictive models and stuff like that to um work out the levels of inventory you'll need and stuff but there's got to be other things you can do with sort of operations with ai in e-commerce yes absolutely so i mean that's something that we were looking at too i mean as part of our um you know p- part of what we do we look at uh, yeah we, we look at mainly you know the the, the conversion aspect of it uh, um, and increasing the uh, basket size and the average order value and all of that. But there is there is the whole journey, the whole um, e-commerce customer journey that, you know, various aspects of it that AI can impact. And, uh, you know, from, from customer service through, as you said, like, you know, with, with, a, with a chatbot, um, through store design, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of how, how does your store how is your store designed well enough that, uh, you know, the, the customer can have a very smooth journey through it or how do they encourage you to purchase and not just leave halfway? Um, when it comes to product descriptions, you know, there's there's a ton, like product catalogs are growing, uh, you know, in giga and terabytes every day. So how do you ensure that you have product descriptions that that make sense, that, that, that are, um, of that volume and of that quality. So AI again, there, uh, search, you know, search, search has gone beyond just, just keywords on your e-commerce website. I mean, it, it, it you can, you, you, uh, whatever you put in as a product there or whatever words you've used to describe your product, um, it may not necessarily be what the customer is looking for. So, uh, that needs an AI push when it comes to search um there are various other things like you know virtual shopping and um you know automated um or shoppable ads and all of that again is is uh, ai driven and all of that is adding to yeah the the entire journey like end to end is probably getting very ai ai based and and it's interesting. I think not everything is as advanced, but uh, I think it's it's great that we're getting there, and we we are not um, expending human effort on things that AI can do better. And then we we focus our attention on things that we as humans do better, which is uh, just getting to know people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like if you've got AI functions taking care of sort of the the day-to-day stuff or the the stuff that is just literally keeping the wheels turning it allows the human element to devote their resources devote their creativity in a better way um like i think customer service is a great example of that if you've got chatbots taking care of sort of like the faqs like the frequently asked questions and stuff like that it allows your customer service personnel to focus their efforts on major problems that are occurring um so rather than wasting their time dealing with sort of like the day-to-day issues they can focus more on giving the best customer service they can basically. 
So Preeti, we've talked a lot about the benefits of AI. Let's talk about some of the practicalities, like what kind of infrastructure do CMOs need in place to be able to start using AI alongside e-commerce? Is it a matter of having a certain level of customers required? Is it about having enough data in place? Is it about having the right personnel to sort of manage the applications? Because we, we spoke a bit about how humans can do things to a certain extent. When is that extent that an AI application is actually required to actually do keep things moving forward? Yes, I, I think I think it requires um, at at the very basic level, it's the the person who is uh, planning to or thinking of it. I think that person needs to have, uh, you know, have has to have enough of an understanding of AI and its applications, uh, because otherwise, it's just everybody shooting in the dark. So I, I think that while it's not while 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 it's it may not be possible for everyone to have an expert level of understanding. I think that from a marketing perspective, at least, uh, you know, if we think only of marketing, there are a whole lot of, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of uh, marketing tools that are available now. I mean, when it comes to content marketing, there is AI that can write articles for you, but obviously you need a human, uh, you, you need human oversight there, but, you know, there's even like creative, uh, you know, graphics and images that uh, AI can create uh, nowadays and pretty well actually. So I think that it is, um, so all of these tools are available and I think they are going to be just, you know, everywhere. So I, I, I don't think that we have the luxury right now of thinking yes, AI or no AI. I think AI is definitely there. It's about how, um, how intense or how, uh, uh, how mature you are with the AI. And uh, then coming to the understanding part of it, I think I personally uh, did, did do, you know, a couple of courses in data science and understand what AI is like and what kind of applications they are, maybe not particularly in e-commerce, but I did get this understanding of machine learning and algorithms and how they actually work. Uh, to understand that you know it's not it's not a hundred percent accurate thing. There is there is something you know that there's a certain amount of accuracy and there are different models, and this is how something is arrived at, and this is how AI works. So I, I think once that understanding is um, is set, then we go about looking for what other tools, what helps with what we need to do, and what is it that we're spending. The greatest amount of time for. So, uh, uh, I mean, for example, if if there was a lot of time that I or my team was spending in writing, um, and it 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 felt as if a lot of that research or a lot of that um, information, I when I felt that I wish it was available, uh, you know, more easily. I wish I could I could uh, browse or look at a lot of um, a lot of the written. Uh, material on this particular topic, if, I, I wish I could look at it all at once. And when I started thinking like that, I thought that there must be something that uh, that's automated this whole thing. And then I found a whole bunch of tools that did that. So we work uh, a lot with Shopify merchants, and that's how we look at, uh, you know, when we look at AI, and there, there are so many uh, applications for AI that uh, that sit very well with store management. Uh, so whether it be, you know, having doing product descriptions at scale or, you know, having cropping and changing images um, and having a lot of variants, uh, being able to do that 
via AI, I think that 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 is um, that's when we realize that these are things that you know AI can do well. And uh, similarly for uh, you know personalization, because we, and because of course that's what we do as well. Uh, we realize that we can do so much more uh, simply by letting. AI do its job and uh, you know whether that is cross-selling or upselling or making sure that there is the right uh, you know the the uh, shop gets the right kind of offer um, that the offers are tailored to the interests of that shopper and you know ensuring that they don't abandon their cart that you know they're they're given a compelling message while they're uh, checking out or 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 sending them an email when they have uh, you know, even when they've left the store, um, it's it's all of those things that uh, we realize that that's something that we can do when we have that understanding of AI. And like I said before, it's it's not really uh, a yes or a no thing anymore. It's just how soon. Mm -hmm. So you know, when do you when when are you going to uh, you know adapt AI and bring AI in and and in a lot of things I think AI is already your the ads that you run your Facebook ads and your Google ads and all they're all um, very AI driven already so it's just a matter of time before um, stores and e-commerce you know start to use them uh, very consciously um, but I, I think in various various um, ways we're already you know, we're, we're already there. We're already using a lot of the uh, AI solutions. For sure, for sure. It's, it's certainly becoming becoming the norm um, it, or, or even just the expectation that you're utilizing these yeah. tools in some respect. But at the same time, um, even if the CMO or the marketing lead is going to take control of this project, has done all the research and has become an absolute expert mm -hmm. on AI, they're mm -hmm. still going to have to convince other stakeholders yeah. in the company who might yeah. not be familiar with AI. They might be a bit nervous about mm -hmm. it. They might see the cost of the applications as mm -hmm. something to be worried about. Is yeah. there a way to sort of show the benefits? Uh, is there sort of like tests you can run? Can you just trial it on certain aspects of the business or does it have to be AI over everything all the time kind of thing. Absolutely. I think, I mean, that's the approach I take to any sort of AI tool in my tech stack. I always, you know, either A-B test it with another tool or look at what kind of um, results I'm seeing from the tools and then and then then decide to scale it up or down as the case may be. Uh, I think there's definitely ways to do that for, uh, you know, Take take the case of our guide itself. We always offer the ability to A/B test against other other tools, other solutions, and we're always. And then there is a very transparent dashboard uh, because there's there's really no way to uh, you know hide behind anything or it's it's all very transparent. And you know one day or the other you will see it's all reflected in your uh, balance sheet at the end of the day. There's no way to hide that. So it is it is. Uh, what it is, and uh, it is, it has to be uh, as transparent as possible. So it is definitely possible to start off small and understand the benefits, uh, see what it, see, see how it works, or whether it integrates with your ecosystem, and um, and then scale it from there. And and that that would be uh, my advice. Oh, of course, I I am at a startup, so things are slightly different here mm -hmm. there there aren't you know a ton of approvals uh, required before you get something done and uh, also the, the the budgets are also 
sort of you know in 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 that that range which which don't require a huge uh, you know there's there's not a huge uh, outlay of cash that's required so so maybe it's a bit um, i mean it's it's still challenging because it's not that uh, you know you you have to sort of prove roi for whatever uh, whatever it is that you're suggesting um, but yeah but maybe the risks are fewer and also being an ai startup i think again the job is easier uh, to convince people about ai <laughs> but i can but i can i can imagine like these um like legacy companies and uh, bigger you know bigger uh, organizations that might have trouble uh, getting it in i think the interesting part is that there are a lot of ai saas uh, you know tools available that make it possible to, uh, to to start off at a small scale and experiment and you know run it for a small uh for a small cohort let's say or a small group of um a small amount of data let's say mm-hmm. that and then and then yeah and then if it works then scale it up for sure for sure um so let's let's say this test has gone well and you're looking into rolling mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. ai in a major way obviously we've been talking about this mainly from sort of the marketer's perspective, but what, what other departments need to be involved in this project? What, what are the other important stakeholders within a business who need to be involved in sort of bringing AI into e-commerce? I imagine sort of like the, the product, uh, head of product would be important because yes. I'll be involved with product descriptions, but let, let's talk about any others who'd be involved in that process. Yes. I think, I think the product is definitely uh, one of the most important, um, you know, sort of functions because a lot of it, a, a lot of what's, uh, what an e-commerce company or a retailer does, it, it depends on the product. And when I say product here, I mean the product as uh, the website or a mobile app or, you know, uh, not, not products on the store. So uh, the way that the way that the customer journey is designed and the way that the customer, the, the flow that the customer has through uh, that particular store, I think that plays a, a huge role. And, you know, anyone who's involved in that customer journey needs to be involved in uh, these decisions. So it could be product. Um, and I think, you know, IT or engineering, uh, you know, whatever that is called in, in that particular company, uh, the, they, they need to be involved as well because that that does involve uh, you know changes in terms of the tech in in terms of the integration in terms of the data so I think product and IT and marketing I, I think they are probably the biggest stakeholders here and then of course uh, the top-down approach is always useful if you have a CEO or a leader who is uh, who is encouraging of it, who understands it, and um, also understands that it's it's not really that magic bullet, but it, that it's something that one needs to understand and um, sort of make it compatible with what what you do, compatible with your culture, compatible with uh, your your system. Uh, yeah, that I, I think. Yeah, I think those would be the stakeholders. Awesome, awesome. So let's let's talk about the future of the technology because uh, mm. like we're still in the infancy of AI. Like yes. there's still a lot of a lot of cool ideas I've seen floating around that could eventually yes. be applied um, if the technology develops to a certain extent. Um, to my mind, just off the top of my head, um, like personal um, personalization going even further, product descriptions 
tailored directly to a customer, not just like the products, but the actual product descriptions. um, I've seen that already with uh, like Netflix does different different descriptions depending on the user and stuff like that. So I could see that happening in e-commerce, but what, what other stuff? could we see on the horizon what what are you seeing out there that could be really exciting to get involved with at this stage so you can hit the ground running when that new stuff comes along right i think um i mean yeah that i mean i, I did want to talk about the netflix thing which oh, uh, you no, know no, no, apart- still, i want to i want to hear it from your perspective because you'll you'll have done a lot more research into it than that than i have yeah uh, no no i i just meant that you know netflix was uh, the netflix is one example yes and it it was uh, this this article that i read where they had graphics and they had visuals uh you know uh, customized to how you might want to see uh how that might attract you more and encourage you to watch that movie. So it's like they've got multiple variants of um, of the poster, of the movie poster, just so that, uh, you know, if, if it's you viewing it and they, they show that poster to you, the poster that's most likely to get you watching that movie. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it seems like a no-brainer when you think about it uh, because AI can do that for you. And uh, that's what you've... But then, yes, then you, of course, also start thinking, I mean, is it so easy to manipulate me? Uh, <laughs> seems like it is. <laughs> so, um, yes, so that, 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 that part of it, yes. But in e-commerce, um, I think there is, there is a lot that uh, is there. Something that's very interesting to me, I think, is um, the whole virtual shopping experience where you get the feel of, uh, you know, the offline the, the, the offline uh, experience, but without the hassle of having to go to the store and fight crowds and, you know, not have enough trial rooms and um, waiting in line and all of that. I think that kind of thing, or, you know, the virtual um, try-ons, I, I think that technology, again, is is very interesting to me where, um, yeah, that, that you're able to do that, uh, again, without visiting the store, but still sort of have that experience of trying on something and knowing if it suits you. Um, what I see is definitely this coming together of offline and online retail. I think that's um, similar to how we're still struggling with the hybrid versus fully remote versus you know in office kind of work from home and all of that you know no one has no one has the right answer yet it's you know people want to go into office people don't want to go into office people want to go in some days people don't (laughs) want to go in at all Uh, and I think that's a very similar kind of struggle that's happening with uh, retail as well because what do you do? I mean, if people want to shop online, but they want stores as well, but then, you know, it's also difficult to run so many brick and mortar stores if people aren't visiting and, um, you know, and but people seem to prefer to visit the store, but then order online. Uh, it's it's all of those things. So I, I think the future is about how these things will come together and what's the best way to bring these things together and retailers that are able to um, straddle these two worlds and straddle them well, like identify what are the things that work really well online and then, um, and then offer the offline experience, but with that online, with the, with the convenience of the online um, purchase and, you know, customer experience. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how, or if there is one ideal way that it would work, but um, you know things like where there where 
uh, retailers are already doing things like where you can uh, you you shop online but you can pick it up off uh, in and off offline store or um, or there are there are all these uh, you know easy checkouts and you know scan and checkout and uh, self checkouts that are now available in uh, offline stores so i think yeah that's those are ways of bringing together bringing the best of both worlds together and i i think that's where i see technology um yeah technology moving and the the ones that win are going to be the ones that are able to bring them together well yeah it it goes back to what we were saying earlier about making things seamless across multiple mm-hmm. platforms and multiple devices like think yes. of your brick and mortar store as another device like you have people yeah. browsing on their browsing on their phone checking availability on the laptop and then going to the store to pick it up and it's all one big seamless thing yes, right yes. Like that's that's yes. got to be something to shoot for um yes. so awesome preeti I'm, I'm excited to see how things evolve in the future i'm excited to see what people are doing now with ai and e-commerce yes. um i think it's going to be very very interesting to see how things evolve over the future and also to see just what happens with e-commerce in general uh, like as we said at the top of the show it's been through some very very exciting times yeah. lately and i'm sure there's yes. going to be more exciting times in the future and I, i'm looking forward to uh, to exploring that um but thank you very much for joining us today preeti it's been a really really interesting conversation as i said like we've talked about e-commerce a lot but looking at it from an ai perspective it's been absolutely fascinating i'm excited to see how things evolve in the future and i'm sure our audience is too um and i'm sure they're grateful for your joining us today and we're grateful to them and we'll be back soon with some more cmo combos Thank you. Thank you very much, Bill. It's been great. And uh, yeah, I'm glad glad I got to speak to you. <laughs> Me too. Me too, Preeti. Hopefully, hopefully we can speak again soon. Sure. Yes. Look forward to that.